Hello there, lovely woman beings, and Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, Happy whatever uh, Christmas festive winter-themed holiday that you are celebrating this year. We are all celebrators of Christmas, and we are stoked to talk to you today about the very festive, very exciting, very happy, very uplifting topic of Christmas and consumerism. Yeah. <laughs> So strap in, guys. It's going to be a wild ride. Welcome to the Woman Being Podcast community, where we explore thoughts and opinions and have the freedom to change our minds without expectation or judgment. We will hold a safe space and support each other as we navigate together in the form of feminine. Merry Christmas, guys and gals, woman beings and man beings and everything in between beings. <laughs> I'm here today with the lovely Kelly and Kellyanne. I'm Emma, and we are here to bring you some festive holiday cheer. Woo! But really just a lot of sort of depressing things. But we're wearing fun sweaters, so that makes up for it, right? Yes, yes. it definitely yes. does. <laughs> um, so ladies... As you know, I myself am already quite passionate about things such as consumerism, environmentalism, all the things that come along with that. It's all very intersected Mm -hmm. across various issues that happen on this big old earth that we live on. Um, But I guess I want to sort of open up this conversation by hearing from you guys sort of um, what you guys think of when we talk about the consumerism surrounding Christmas and like what your sort of first thought is of it and um, maybe a little bit on how your your idea of that has evolved over the years. Yeah. It's great. Sure. <laughs> uh, I mean, what first comes to mind when I hear the word consumerism is kind of like the evangelical Christian take on it, which is essentially that Christmas is about Jesus, not about things. So stop worrying about buying things and just, like, celebrate Jesus instead. Mm. And um, that, to me, like, kind of materialism, consumerism is seen as, like, a bad thing that America is um, and that America encapsulates, but not necessarily related to the waste or the overconsumption or the useless crap that just gets thrown in a landfill eventually that we feel pressure to purchase. It's always been sort of a f- like framed in the sense of Christians should be focusing on the birth of Jesus right now, not on gifts. Mm-hmm. And everyone sort of feels shame about that. And then they go home and they buy gifts for all their friends and family anyways. So, um, but yeah, as I'm kind of alluded to over the last few years, I've been growing in my understanding of environmentalism and like the serious issues that our country and the world are suffering from because of consumerism and um, the extreme effects on the environment and other countries that we're just sending our trash to are dealing with. So I think, yeah, it's kind of grown from being like a bad bad Christian slap on the wrist kind of conversation to a like, oh my gosh, we are like in global crisis kind of conversation. So, yeah. 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 I mean, I do think that to an extent, the, the thought of like, keep the Christ in Christmas is valid. Yes. I'm not knocking that, (laughs) but I mean, like in terms of sermons that we've heard throughout our life at Christmas time, that's, that's the one. Mm. It's yeah. not about presents. It's about Jesus. And it's like, okay, but it's also about presents. But also, <laughs> get me the bike I want. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's interesting, too, to me because so many people celebrate Christmas that aren't even necessarily Christians. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, who wouldn't identify as Christians and don't really even associate the holiday with Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, or sort of, like, have a back-of-their-mind understanding, like, oh, yeah, I guess this is, like, about the birth of this guy, Jesus, but, like, I don't really have any sort of acknowledgement towards him in this time. This right. is not my God. This is not my thing. Like, right. I just celebrate Christmas because my family has celebrated Christmas for decades and we love Christmas and it's fun and we give gifts, yeah. you know? So that's always been like a bizarre thing to me. Yeah, yeah. Well, I guess I'm, the main thing that I'm trying to point out is that it went from being a moral issue, which it is, to like 
like realizing that there are tangible, very real consequences to this moral issue that we have is like our need to have stuff and to give stuff and to receive stuff actually has a huge impact on our world and our environment and other people and it's it's um it's like a a real problem it's not just sort of like a oh don't lie slap on the wrist go be a good person kind of thing it's not really about like our righteousness as a whole even though it is but it's like oh this is actually like a crisis Mm -hmm. that we need to be paying attention to Mm -hmm. i would say is how i've evolved but yeah um, yeah, I mean, I can relate to, to what you said. We always, um, we grew up pretty poor, um, but my parents always made it a point to try and have a really fun, really amazing Christmas. Um, but with that being said, it was also like, we're going to fill our stockings with things from Dollar General that we're going to actually, you know, go in the trash. And so even as I've moved away and grow, grew up, I just stopped I didn't want cheap things um, because I, out of the practicality of like, I just don't want to deal with it when it breaks (laughs) or like, I don't want dumb stuff to just hang out. It's mostly laziness of like, I don't want to deal with clutter. It like stresses me out. And so I started really like being very intentional of like, please do not get me anything that's not on my list. And I know that's not always the fun conversation to have. Like, even with, like, our wedding registry when we got married, I was like, here's my registry. Please don't buy me anything that's not on my registry. I don't want a fountain birdhouse that your cousin <laughs> made by hand. Like, it, it, and it's mostly out of selfishness. It's not really, like, any – I mean, I, I've grown in awareness and, like, the need to, like, recycle and, um, you know, sustainability in general. But – my journey started out of practicality and not wanting to feel stress from clutter. <laughs> um, so yeah, and and now moving into like, I work in retail. Like that's an interesting tension. Like I sell goods. I know how to um, find suppliers in China. Like that's that's an interesting tension to have of like delivering product that's quality, that's going to last, that people are going to want to keep on keep in their home for a long time and that's going to have a long shelf life while at the same time being aware and making sure you're being responsible um so it's definitely an interesting dance yeah yeah and I mean I think that like I mentioned it's all sort of intersex there's this whole concept of intersectionality which is that like for anyone who doesn't know that's that issues like environmentalism racism uh sexism uh, global poverty, world hunger, all those things are actually interconnected and you mm-hmm. can't solve one without solving the others. And um, I think that similarly, like you mentioned, like you don't want the sort of the stress of having all that clutter in your mm-hmm. home. Like that is a mental health issue then. Mm-hmm. And so that mental health is also um, impacting the environment mm-hmm. um, because you're you're choosing to reduce your amount of things which is the first thing on the Mm -hmm. reduce reuse recycle it's the first (laughs) thing you're supposed to do is reduce um like you are still um having environmental impact even that's not your intention because they are so interconnected yeah Um, definitely yeah and i think that also um it's interesting uh because you talk about like you working in retail like i know that you've even seen firsthand like things getting thrown away yeah, or wanting to get thrown away and then you save them from getting thrown I away. I do. I um, do. Which is amazing. It's so frustrating. I mean, I used to uh, work at Victoria's Secret and it was the best. I loved it. I don't know if I could work for the company today, but when I did, it was just an amazing, incredible treasure of a job. But people would get lazy and instead of running their go-backs, they would fill out damage tags. And as the newest uh, manager, I would be like, what are you doing? And I'd pull like bras and lingerie and all this stuff out of out of damage bags. And I'm like, that's ridiculous. We're not throwing this away. There's no tears. There's no stains. Or even if it was deodorant, like I would actually get wet wipes to like rub deodorant out so that we could actually put it back on the floor. There's no point in throwing money away that you don't have to throw away. Um, and so, yeah, it's it's an interesting, again, it's a dance. It, it's 
you kind of go back and forth and sometimes you feel a little bit of shame. Sometimes you feel a little bit of victory, but you know, back to what you were saying about like the mental health thing, like, yeah, it is, it is a mental health thing. And, and if I have less things in my home, I actually have more emotional capacity to make better decisions with what I do have in my home. Like I have space now to like, you know, let's take our cardboard out. Let's take our glass out. Let's make sure we're doing smart things that might, like my attention might be other places. If it was like, I have this giant box of dumb shit that I don't want, (laughs) you know? And like, what do I do with that? Mm -hmm, And then it's like, well, I can't deal with this other trash right Mm -hmm. now because I have this box of trash that I feel responsible for. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there is so much, like I think about like, The thing that I feel like is, at least in my experience, one of the biggest culprits of the sort of useless gifts Mm -hmm. is like little stocking stuffers. And it'll be like a little like one of those little like plastic maze games with like a little ball in it. And it's like Christmas (laughs) themed. And it's like, cool, I'll like play this for five seconds and then like throw it away Mm -hmm. or stuff it somewhere and never remember it again. Like I did not. I wasn't seeking a tiny maze game with a little metal ball Mm -hmm. in it for Christmas. (laughs) And it was just given because it's like, oh, well, we need to fill your stocking. Yeah, you got to have stuff in your stocking. Yeah. It's like, well, first of all, I'm not seven anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I still get stockings. I don't know if you guys do. I mean, I do. do Stockings stockings. are pretty important to me. (laughs) I I love stockings, actually. They're one of my favorite parts about Christmas. But But like, like, fill it intentionally. Yeah, you put things like makeup or you know yeah a small Little candle things. or yeah. you know there are Can- like chocolates chocolate, that you know they like you know yeah. consumable things that you can actually eat or you would use mm-hmm. or you know yeah. like a little sunscreen or a hand sanitizer like things that people actually need kind of gosh yeah. stuff this is how i hand sanitizer is going to be the number one gift this it's year 2020 i used gold. to get so annoyed when i would receive hand sanitizer and nowadays it's like yes oh, i got yeah. some hand sanitizer you know we all get those little we have like we all have that awkward space in a drawer of like, you know, those 99 cent little bottles yeah. of hand sanitizer. I've used like all of them. This those year. saved my life. Yeah. The <laughs> fact that I ran, had random little bottles of hand sanitizer yeah. all around my house. And then That's the pandemic funny. hit and I was like, praise I, God. I have these <laughs> because at the time they were, there was nothing on the shelves. You couldn't get any. Yeah. And I was like, well, I just happened to have this stash yeah, of sanitizer. This awkward bath and body where it's like <laughs> melon scented yeah. with the little beads in it. Yes. But it's hand sanitizer. Yes. It might be nine years old, but it still works. It still works. <laughs> yeah. I will say that those little beads are really bad for the environment. Oh, no, but they're terrible. you should use them if you have them. If you yeah. have them, use them. But yeah. yeah. Don't buy them again. <laughs> we actually, James actually made this decision to switch our face wash that we both were using for a long time. It's it's a really nice, like, I won't even name the brand because some people might buy it. But it has those little plastic beads in it because it exfoliates. And James was like, that ends up in the ocean. It kills the fish. We can't use it. And I was like, aww. But okay. Yeah. I mean, and according to Skincare by Hiram, those are actually bad for your face. They're not good Skincare for Skincare by Hiram. Shout out. We love, yeah, we love if you. If you're a listener. <laughs> we just have a little uh, random plug. But we I'm all follow your skincare advice. Yes. 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 As you can tell. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I'm kidding. A bit off topic. Um, to rein it back in a little bit. Um, I think that, like, why do you guys think that is? There's just so much pressure to get a certain amount of gifts for people um, and to, like, make sure that there's um, sort of this quota that's being reached. Mm-hmm. Like, where does that even where does that even come from? I mean, it's it's a combination probably of of culture and social circles and uh, marketing and um, just what what we've allowed things to become. Like it's it doesn't happen overnight. There are slow steps that eventually you're like, wait, how did I get here? Um, like, you know, you just look back 20, 30 years ago. It's like people might be still getting crap, but it's might might not still be at the same level that it is today. I mean, you can look at e-commerce sales and retail sales. And I mean, this year we exceeded 2018 by, I think it was uh, 80 billion dollars oh my gosh and it was the biggest yeah thanks thanks pandemic um and it was the biggest uh black friday weekend was the biggest uh e-commerce uh day to date um Mm -hmm. i think it it's it exceeded like 30 percent to last year or 33 percent somewhere in there uh don't quote me exactly uh but it it's a slow climb but all of a sudden you reach the top of the mountain and you're like wow, we have a big problem. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I also think, yeah, there's there's pressure. People, again, coming growing up in a poor family, you're like, I want to show this person I love them and I want to get them a gift, but maybe I only have $5. You are going to go to the dollar store. Yeah. You know, like that's, that's what you're going to do. And so I think maybe having more open conversations about those things within families, um, friend circles, and just having that openness, that understanding. Like, the gift is not really the gift you give. It's the memories you create together. Yeah. Yeah. That's actually a really good point because it seems like top level, we have advertisers and marketing efforts that are telling you, like, this is what you need to have a happy Christmas because Mm -hmm. that's what their job is. Their job is to sell stuff and they do a great job at it. Mm -hmm. And then that sort of trickles down to people who can afford those types of things who like, you know, buy up stuff and that's great. Mm -hmm. And then it trickles down and down and down where you're at the person who's under the poverty line and they have to have presents for their kids in order for it to be a happy Christmas because that's what the, you know, the messaging has trickled down. And Mm -hmm. so they are. They're going to the dollar store. They're going to, you know, the 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 Forever 21s and the Rue 21s and the cheap places to make sure that their kids have, like, plenty, mm-hmm. which is essentially kind of the this abundant yes. overflow of, of stuff kind of seems to be the Christmas message in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. And, that's, and that's where companies start generating cheap stuff that they can sell for really cheap because Mm it it caters to the lower income level Mm -hmm. families yeah i do also want to point out those things that uh you're buying for three dollars companies are manufacturing for two cents like i do like for people that don't know um you like those things are being mass produced and manufactured in China, poor countries, maybe Mexico, you know. And while it's great that people can have jobs over there manufacturing those things, there's things like working conditions and um, the sustainability of those items. And those things truly cost nothing. Mm -hmm. You would be much better saving up your $3 over a span of time and buying something quality than something that's literally manufactured for a cent. And then on top of that, we have secret Santas and um, white elephants and white elephants Mm -hmm. and other like, you know, work school holiday parties where you have like a $10 limit or a $15 limit. Mm -hmm. And everyone's trying to figure out how to find something for that person. That's both affordable and also like, substantial enough mm-hmm. to it's make something they're going to want right and there's also stigmas against used things and so you can't get something mm-hmm. someone from get like you can't do goodwill or you can't do whatever and so there's all this pressure it feels like to like mm-hmm. find a good gift for someone that's in the range of whatever you have to spend and that creates all this useless crap that somebody receives and because it's secret santa and they don't know you because you're a distant co-worker that you know yeah you barely talk to and you know you either give it away or re-gift it or throw it away mm-hmm. yeah exactly and i mean i think that um i love you brought up worker conditions i think we should talk about that soon yes. Definitely. Um, but um i also want to flesh this out a little bit more which is like we need to take steps to normalize something like a secondhand gift. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I am genuinely, like, so excited to get something that is secondhand. Mm-hmm. Um, I think about last year, um, like, on my Christmas list that I send to my parents, because I do still send my parents Christmas list because they ask for it, and I also don't want them to get me crap I don't want, yes. as you said, Kelly. Yes. <laughs> I think we um, should normalize Christmas lists, yes. actually. Normalize yes. Christmas lists. It doesn't have to be some, like, surprise. Yeah. It really doesn't. You're still excited to receive the gift. You're excited that they bought it. You didn't have to spend your money on mm-hmm. it. And also, I try to give them a variety of options so that then I know don't necessarily know what thing of the things I told them I was getting. Exactly. <laughs> but I... Like, last year for Christmas, I was asking for um, an Instant Pot. And I was like, I would love to have an Instant Pot, but don't buy me one new. Like, if you can find one secondhand somewhere, like, that's fantastic. That's what I would want. Mm -hmm. And one of our close family friends had an Instant Pot that has been sitting in his cupboard of his kitchen for probably years that he just never used. He used, like, once. Mm -hmm. And then he was, like, never motivated to use it and just found that it wasn't useful for him in his kitchen. So he just gave it to me. And um, they actually, my mom and him, like, seemed a little bit almost apologetic, like, oh, sorry, like, I'm just giving you this thing that was, like, 
in my kitchen already and didn't I didn't spend anything. Yeah, I didn't spend money on it, but like uh you said you wanted it secondhand and so I hope this is okay and I was like this is amazing <laughs> like that's perfect one like, less is, <laughs> exactly one less instapot that's being wasted that's just yeah. sitting there gathering yeah. dust and I use it all the time I love it yeah. so like I think that we need to normalize that and realize like oh it's actually okay to like pick out clothes from Goodwill to give to your friend because you can find great quality clothes at Goodwill I actually yeah. one of my favorite gifts that I've ever received was from Goodwill as a first day of work boss lady gift <laughs> from Kellyanne, who is the thrifting guys, master. I found a Dolce & Gabbana blazer at Goodwill for like twelve ninety nine. It was the best find of my life. And yeah. I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do with this, but I'm buying it. <laughs> and then I saved it for Kelly when she got a crazy, amazing producer job. So you can find amazing things. Yeah. And I think also normalizing, like, making gifts as well. Like, Mm -hmm. um, one thing that is a really great and sustainable way to give a gift is to to bake or to cook something for someone um you can you can make them sort of like a a care package of 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 treats and different things like that and you've also put your hard work into that and like your heart into that and given them something they can consume um and like food and stuff in general is also just really great as a gift because or wine or Mm-hmm. Because people can consume those wine. things. Yeah. You're like, yes, give yeah. me wine. And you can recycle tins and jars yeah. and like yeah. things like that to use as receptacles for said types exactly. of Exactly. You can go to Goodwill. They have tons of Christmas cookie tins if you want to oh, make Christmas cookies awesome. for people. So I think normalizing those things is really yeah. important. Mm-hmm. Um, and even for something like um, a white elephant party. Right. Like intentionally getting things that are thrifted, that are secondhand, that are definitely things that people are going to use, giving gift cards. Mm-hmm. Um, Digital gift cards. Re-gifting yeah. something re-gifting. you received that was crap that you didn't want, that you can just pass along, mm-hmm. you know, instead yeah. of throwing it away. I would, yeah, because I, I honestly, like, I'm a huge Christmas fan. Yeah. And I love Christmas, even though I see all of these, the, the negative sides of, um, sort of the impact of Christmas mm-hmm. um, and, and the consumerism that's come along, that's become like sort of synonymous with it. But like you can have a fun time and do a fun party like a white elephant and still do it sustainably. Mm-hmm. It's just that we need to slowly shift people's mindsets on a larger scale yeah. to think of that, yeah. you know? And I've actually had experiences where I've given gifts that are like a re-gift or a used gift or whatever or something I got for free because somebody didn't want it or whatever. And you kind of like silently sort of pass it along and like hope they don't figure out that it was like Mm -hmm. from the thrift store or Mm -hmm. you know etc you just sort of like pretend that like yeah here you go and it's like a little embarrassing sometimes even even if it's a good gift Mm -hmm. you know yeah and we should that should not be embarrassing no No. for some reason we gift it with an apology right like what yeah Yeah. Like, here's something that I had, but I thought you would like, so sorry, it's not that yeah. great. And it's like, well, maybe it is. Like, if you know someone and that item would be perfect for them, like, mm-hmm. that that should be allowed. Yeah, that should be okay, yeah. <laughs> for sure. Um, and in terms of quantity of gifts, too, like, I keep thinking of <laughs> um, the scene in Harry Potter when... <laughs> Uh, it's in the first one. Dudley is Dudley's birthday, and mm-hmm. he like has this pile of presents. It's filling the entire living room, and he's like, "How many gifts are there?" And his father's like, "Oh, I think it's thirty-six. And then he's like, "Thirty-six. Last year I had thirty-seven." <laughs> and it's like, what? and we see images of this all the time mm-hmm. in popular media. Like, I think I also for some reason think of an episode of Fairly Odd Parents, the cartoon from yes. back in the day, where they have like. Um, he wishes to have Christmas every day or something. And um, there's just mounds of presents mm-hmm. everywhere throughout this episode. And then they slowly dwindle down because they're like, we're running out of presents. We're having <laughs> Christmas every day. Um, but like, that's like so ingrained in our mindset is mm-hmm. that there needs to be just this overwhelming abundance and there right. needs to be a certain number or even like, one thing I've seen in my family is like, oh, each sibling needs to get the same amount of gifts. Mm. And it's like, no, that's actually not true. Like, I mean, if your kids are like upset because they didn't get the same amount of gifts as another kid, then like... It's probably good for them. Like, get over it to its life isn't fair. But in terms of like, we've kind of circled around this idea of um, 
the negative impacts of Christmas and consumerism at Christmas time and Black Friday, et cetera. Emma, could you break down kind of like what those statistics are that we're referring to? Like what what really is happening to our environment every Christmas? Well, I mean, okay, so there's so many different things that you could go into <laughs> um, in terms of just the environmental impact of Christmas time. I mean, to, to just throw a couple of initial things out, like obviously there's a huge environmental impact on the amount of travel that happens at Christmas time. I'm also a culprit of this because I fly home for Christmas and flying is like a huge environmental um, uh, effector uh, because planes just require so much fuel. But um, on top of that, like you are, um, there's so many items to get purchased just to be thrown away. Like, there's so much that is um, being purchased out of that obligation that then winds up in returns, that winds up getting shoved to the back of somebody's closet and then eventually thrown away by them later on because they forgot about it. And then they were like, oh, here's this thing that I didn't want and I just sort of shoved to the back and threw it away. And the, the issue with that is that we already have, like, a trash problem. We have a huge waste problem. We have literal islands of waste in the ocean um, and we have nations that are overwhelmed with the waste of first world countries first world if you it's a problematic phrase but <laughs> yeah. um, with very developed countries and more well-off countries um, sort of shoving their waste onto these lower income countries these nations that are already suffering from poverty and that poverty was a lot of times inflicted on them by colonialism coming from these huge countries. Um, there's like a whole rabbit hole we could go down with it, but a couple of little statistics that go along with it um, are that there's about $13 billion of unwanted Christmas gifts that are purchased every year. Whether that's gag gifts, that's white elephant gifts, that's buying a gift just to get someone a gift um, because you feel like you need to. Um, there's a bunch of different reasons why it happens, or you're just, I don't know, bad at getting people gifts. <laughs> Some people don't have the gift of getting people, being able to get people good gifts. Um, I, I think that, uh, like, that's a huge financial waste. Like, people don't even realize, like, how much money they're really spending with that. Um, but then on top of that, like, there's a huge issue of, um, online purchases um, that have been returned winding up just going to landfill. Um, so according to Aptora, which is a tech company that um, like manages uh, the like, I think they essentially like track uh, the, the amount of waste that different uh, companies are producing in their um, retail. And uh, according to them, uh, about five billion pounds of items are returned that are returned wind up just in a landfill every year. So, like, if you take that into account and also take into account thirteen billion dollars of unwanted Christmas gifts, like that is a huge chunk of that five billion five yeah five billion pounds of wow. stuff that's going into a landfill, and like that's. Like, I don't think we, we, we have a very hard time really even thinking about that when right. we're getting guests, we think we're trying to do something nice and we're trying, we have such good intentions a lot of the time. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think uh, a lot of people want to sort of, uh, turn a blind eye to, uh, the amount of things that actually get wasted and the impact of those things. Cause you also have to think about not only did these things wind up in a landfill and they're now literally just clogging up the earth, but you have to think about all the resources that it took to make that item in the first place. Mm -hmm. Think about the oil that was used to produce that plastic. Mm -hmm. Think about all the water that was used. Think about all the shipping as it went from country to country to be assembled, to be put together, to wind up then in the United States or in England or in whatever well-off nation it got to. Like that is also such, maybe even a bigger impact mm -hmm. than the, the back end. Mm -hmm. um, and we don't see that and right. we don't think about that. Right. Um, and we've become so detached from the items that we that we purchase mm -hmm. um, where we don't even recognize the way that they have actually impacted not just the environment, but also individuals. Mm -hmm. They've impacted people, mm -hmm. um, which is something that you touched on, Kellyanne, um, like there's so many people that are impacted by every single thing that we buy and by these different lifestyle choices that we make. And it's also 
a women's issue. It really is a women's issue. <laughs> it is, um, which uh, is something that uh, it's really heartbreaking when you think about, like, there are so many women in uh, these big sort of uh production hub of countries like Bangladesh, like Cambodia, like China, who are being negatively impacted by the consumerism that we buy into without really a thought. Um, And uh, there's, uh, I know, Kellyanne, you were talking um, the other day about uh, learning about the way cell phones are made. Yeah. (laughs) You guys, (laughs) it's a rude awakening and ignorance truly is bliss, but it's really sad. So they they mine for, they use children actually mostly to mine for the materials that your battery is made of in your phone. And that's not just one cell phone company. It's Apple. It's Android. It's it's a good majority of them. And so it's actually hard to find. I was listening to a podcast on Joe Rogan that um, actually they talk about this and they're like, it's actually really hard to find a sustainably well-sourced cell phone. Um, It's actually almost impossible. And that's really heartbreaking. Um, And I'm, I'm glad that you know, companies are doing these like exchange programs now where it's like you can send in your old phone, we'll refurbish it, we sell it and give you a discount on your new phone. But still, it's 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 really heartbreaking to hear about. Yeah. I mean, I think that like I feel like I've just sort of layered a lot of things on all at mm-hmm. once and I can get kind of ranty when I talk about these things. Mm-hmm. But um, like there are solutions to things like that. Um, there's small solutions that we can take, um, which are uh, like there's tons of websites that allow you to purchase secondhand technology, secondhand cell phones. Maybe you'll be one generation behind of what um, the, the newest release was. But um, you can get a secondhand phone. You can get refurbished phones. You can turn in your old phone to be recycled. Um, there's lots of recycling programs for things like that. And for a lot of things that we we sort of just throw away, there is – the other day I was actually looking into a recycling program for eyeglasses um, because I just got a new pair of glasses, and I was like, what do I do with this old pair? And there's programs that um, either refurbish them and take the – Um, take those glasses and provide them to people who um, can't afford to buy eyeglasses and need it for their to help them with their vision Um, or they properly recycle them if they're not refurbishable Um, and so there's so many things and I think that we just like it's so easy to just throw toss something into the trash and just throw it away um, that we we forget like oh if I just take um, another step if I if I do a little bit of googling and figure out what I can do that's a better option um then I can I can work towards that and um, I mean to talk about it being a woman's issue too. Another statistic I have um, is that according to the UN, eighty uh, percent of the people who will be displaced by climate change are women. Um, that's because women are more susceptible to poverty. Um, they are more likely to be um, a provider in the home in these. Uh, more less well-off nations, um, and then therefore more impacted by things like droughts or floods that would impede them from being able to work. Um, on top of that, so many women, especially in the garment working industry, um, are constantly at risk of their lives or their well-being while they're in their workplace. Like they're not only severely underpaid, and I've heard the argument of like, well, at least they're being paid, but like they're still being underpaid for the nation they're in. Like, it's mm-hmm. disproportionate. Even though this is a, an impoverished nation, mm-hmm. they are in, in the bottom tier of that poverty. Um, and there's been a lot of protests and sort of uprisings, actually, in the past few years. I know especially in Cambodia, there's been protests of garment workers mm-hmm. saying, hey, we we actually, like, we can't We actually this. have to, like, afford to feed our children. Yes. And, like, you know, pay for things. And poverty then leads into things like human trafficking and other things where where people who are so poor can't afford to feed their families and they send their young daughters off to like be trafficked Mm -hmm. and get tricked into that and sometimes intentionally do that oh yeah it's unfortunately it is sometimes intentional but um even what you were saying about poor working conditions there are a lot of factories that actually have to put nets around the outsides of the the facility because people will be so depressed because of the poor working conditions that they'll actually try to commit suicide and it's actually easier to prevent them from committing suicide and keep the worker Mm -hmm. um than to actually deal with 
the mess of someone taking their life, um, which is really heartbreaking. And as I've worked with a team in China, um, I'm very blessed that we have an incredible liaison over there that goes and tours each factory and looks at the working conditions and, you know, asks all those hard questions before we do business. Um, So thankfully, my conscience is clean with those things. But it it is very interesting to hear about their culture that these people actually leave their families Mm -hmm. to come to the city to work to provide for them and it's it's a very different culture mm-hmm. um i'm not saying it's a right or wrong culture it's it's just interesting to see the full circle of how it f- truly impacts all areas not yeah. to mention young girls that are being pulled from their education yes because their family needs them to be working mm-hmm. yeah it's true i mean and and women are like so many women within um like factory uh, industry are uh, not only at under under threat of their health because of poor working conditions, but they're also under threat of sexual assault mm-hmm. and of rape, whether that's from their managers and the people that are above them who are abusing their power um, because these women are seen as, as powerless and worthless, essentially, mm-hmm. um, but also under threat just in their day-to-day lives as they are walking to and from the factory, as they um, are in a culture that does not respect women and most cultures do not respect women ours included um but there's um there's so much that's at risk for them um and there's there's so much of um of women being that sort of that sole um person that the family can rely on and they're bearing this huge burden and responsibility and they're not even really given given the credit in that and they're not given um, the, the compensation that they should receive. They're not um, given the respect that they should receive uh, for this this huge responsibility. And um, the whole reason why we're even bringing this up is because like our purchase is affirming or or dissenting against that those acts. Yep. Mm-hmm. Like uh, my purchase, where I choose to buy things from, is either saying, I think this system is okay, or I don't think the system's okay. Right. Whether I choose to purchase something from an ethically made uh, company that uh, has fair trade and fair wages and good environmental practices, or if I choose to purchase something from somewhere that doesn't have all those things or doesn't have transparency about those things, I don't know what they're doing, or I might know what they're doing. <laughs> and um, that's... You're complicit. Yeah you, yeah, you are. And I mean, I think that, like... That feels like a very, very heavy burden yeah. um, when we think about it that way. But I think that on top of all of this, like the United States and like Western culture in general has a very individualistic mindset. It's mm-hmm. I'm it's all about me and I'm going to get mine. I'm going to care for mine. And that's it. That's all that matters. Yeah. Um, when like really we are in a global economy and therefore should have a global mindset. Right. Um, like just because we don't feel the impacts of something like climate change or poverty doesn't mean that it's not affecting our fellow humans mm-hmm. um, and and we should we should care for them. Um, like that's that's biblical and like also just like decent humanity. Well, and here's the hardest pill to swallow is that we women, it's not just us in America, but us American women mm-hmm. are the worst perpetrators of it. Like, we are the ones who hold the checkbooks. We are the ones who are being, um, like, who are battling messages of you need this and that and this and that for beauty standards and ways to be, like, accepted in society, et cetera. Mm -hmm. And we're, like, we're giving into all that pressure at the expense of hundreds of thousands to millions of other women who are breaking their backs so that we can, like, have a new shirt for... Mm x event Mm -hmm. and like that's that's really the heartbreaking part is that as women we we as a whole have to stand up together and say no to this because it's not really an individual problem it's like a societal problem Mm -hmm. and like the the structures and the societal expectations that we've accepted and then placed on each other Mm -hmm. is the reason that that people are dealing with this on a mass scale Mm -hmm. Well, and then you even get into uh, products uh, made for men versus products made for women. So it is it is proven that it 
women are more likely to have products marketed and created for them that are actually not going to work because if we're we we will buy it um because we we feel like we need it for whatever reason men don't put up with that if it they buy something and it actually doesn't work they're gonna be vocal about it they're gonna return it they're gonna whatever um which is an interesting thing so that's why when you go to the store you look at shaving cream for example women have you know 10 12 15 options you go over to the men's side they have like four and or razors women have a million razor options versus men uh they have you know a few four (laughs) um and that's why women actually tend to buy men's razors and so you also have to look at it from that perspective like companies are are um generating profit based on women will put up with something that might not be perfect especially when um, women are the purchasing agents of the household so when you're doing marketing or doing a any kind of analysis of your demographic you're really looking at how many women do we have and what age range are they in Mm -hmm. and what are they actually most likely to respond to now those things can be good right you can can have to raising money for like good nonprofits and charities and like women do also a lot of really great things with their pocketbook but the problem that we need to look at is how willing are we to spend our money just for the sake of getting a good deal as Mm -hmm. opposed as opposed to making conscious decisions about where we want that money going Mm -hmm. and the type of people that we want that money influencing yeah also looking back at the men products made for men versus products made for women women's products are more expensive Oh, yeah. Versus men. Because we'll buy it. Like, we don't care. I mean, some of us do care. But, Well, we're trying. You know, like, I think I'm learning to care. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. Like, I need to... I'm learning how to understand that I would rather spend X amount on a a pair of jeans or Mm -hmm. something and know, like, the chain, which it comes down, and knowing that it's promoting ethical practices in business throughout the world as opposed to being, like oh, but I could get a really good deal mm-hmm. at this clearance section at Forever 21. You know, mm-hmm. like yeah. making that decision to be like, I'm actually going to withhold this cute thing mm-hmm. and instead choose like the brands that are that are basically creating a world that I want to live in. Like if you think about it, like our, oh, yeah. our dollar has so much effect. Yeah, you vote with on, your dollar. Yeah, yeah, you really do. Well, and I mean, brands aren't selling you clothes or tech or whatever they're selling you a lifestyle that they're yeah. presenting to you to say hey yeah. if you have this you'll be just as beautiful just as well off just right. as whatever as you can this be like person. kylie you can be like yeah. jennifer lopez or you know whoever the oh, yeah j-lo queen yeah another thing that i actually think of with like the whole idea of deals um there's so many christmas deals right. that happen there's so many gift baskets and so many like uh kits that you can get you can get makeup kits and, and lotion pajama kits, kits and mm-hmm. pajamas and um, kitchenware and whatever. Cheese and yeah, so many hot things. cocoa. <laughs> <laughs> um, you can get all these different things. And um, I actually I heard a story of um, a friend's parent who uh, their dad uh, would always buy their mom this perfume that she really loved for Christmas. Mm-hmm. Um, but the the uh, seller of the perfume um, had like a special Christmas gift set every year that also included a lotion that was the same scent and so he would get that because it was actually the same price as just buying the perfume and their mother never used the lotion they didn't like the lotion mm-hmm. they didn't want the lotion but their father said oh this is a good deal right. because I'm getting two for the price of one mm-hmm. so I, this is just what I have to buy like this is the logical thing to do and like it's actually being wasted because right. they don't want that lotion. Yeah. So, like, we have this mindset of, like, oh, well, like, this is such a great deal. Yeah. I have to buy this. Or, like, oh, I'm getting so many different things. But it's like, oh, actually, they they probably don't want all those things that yeah. are right. in that gift set. It's like, like this bundle mindset. It's like, oh, I can, like, I can snag you in if I offer you all of these things. Mm. Yeah. But, like, at the end of the day, you really just wanted that one thing. Yeah. Exactly. And so it's like being conscious about those little marketing mm-hmm. techniques that are, you know, I mean, it's it's similar when we talked about the social dilemma and the way that um, the algorithm is built to keep you engaged on social media. It's it's like the, algor- the marketing algorithm is built 
to make to sp- make you spend your dollars on things that you don't need. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. how it's built. Yeah. And so when you're aware that, okay, this is the game that I'm playing, you can start to make more conscious decisions about, like, do I need this? Do I want it? And, like, where do I want to source it from? Mm-hmm. And who who's going to be affected by my purchases? Yeah. yeah. Side note, I do have a little – I – personally have a beef with uh perfume gift sets that come with lotion (laughs) with lotion with soaps uh those things are so bad for you like yes um perfume in general is bad for you because it's alcohol and it's drying out your skin but that's like one area if you're using like perfume lotion on your hands like girl you're gonna be crusty um (laughs) So, yeah, I have issues with but those. It's like I the used bath to and sell body those and problem, I hated it. You know? Like, yeah, Bath and Body Works I also have an issue with, which is a sister company to Victoria's Secret, but it's fine. <laughs> but you don't work there anymore. So I don't work there anymore. You can trash talk them all you want. I honestly, no, I never liked Bath and Body Works because mostly it was like, this is all just a waste. When you talk about, like, um, gift sets in general, because I was looking for specifically a gift, a perfume sampler gift set. Of like, I just want a tiny 0.5 ounce cologne bottle for James to like try multiples of. He can use them all, decide what he likes, and then we can buy a big bottle instead of wasting a big bottle. But with your point, there are all these sets with like, it's a big cologne and a small cologne and a lotion or like Mm. a wash or something. And it's actually really hard to find gifts with that mindset of like, when you're looking at sets specifically, of like, I want to sample everything, use it, recycle what I've used, and then pick my bigger purchase. Right. It's yeah. very yeah. bizarre. Well, no, it's actually, it's actually not that bizarre because this is what's gonna be, um, gonna get them to make you purchase something that's more expensive. Mm-hmm. You know, like they're they're like, oh, we're actually not gonna give you the option that's gonna let you sort of try a bunch of little things because. Instead, you'll buy a big thing, not like it, buy another big thing, not be too, I'm try another one, buy another big perfume, and then you wound up spending three times as much yeah. as you would have in the, in the first place. That is true. Um, and I think that that is one thing that um, is sort of part of the, the crux of all of this is that so much of this is built on, on capitalism and, and profit. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that people talk about like, holidays that were essentially just invented by Hallmark in order to, like, sell cards, like, Valentine's Day Mm -hmm. or... um, But, like, kind of, yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, (laughs) they've also taken holidays like Christmas that came from, like, a very religious origin and very sort of sacred um, as we're celebrating, like, the birth of of the Messiah um, and and taken it and been like, oh, we're going to tack all of these other things on top of this and Mm -hmm. we're going to... And we're going to profit on this like generosity that's that's part of the season um which also also ruin the cards uh those cards have about a 300 percent profit margin just so you know well lately it's like 10.99 is like not unheard of to spend on a like a piece of paper nope nope that's not Just my destiny. Just make your own card. Make your it's own really cards, not that people. big of a deal. And think of all the kindness that goes into it and the thought and care and love. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, just because that card is convenient and then you can, like, under the generic message it gives you, right? Love, Emma. Like, <laughs> that's not heartfelt. No. You know, like, that's not putting effort into it. Also, why do you even need to get someone a card? If you already yeah. got them a gift, why do you need to give them a, gar- a card if you're there? Cards. Yeah, if you're there, I'm not especially. A card person. Especially if you're there with them, like, you can tell them how you feel. You can say, Merry Christmas. I'm so excited for you to open this gift. I love you. I, I hope that you enjoy this. This is something I think that you would like or that I know you want or things like that. Like, why do we even do yeah. that? Um, we should also destigmatize money. Oh, there is best. nothing Give me wrong cash. with giving someone money. Yes. Mm-hmm. My mother in law actually, she, she doesn't like buying useless crap for people because she's like, I'm over that. And so, actually, last two Christmases ago, last Christmas, instead of, like, giving us gifts or whatever, she, like, gave each of us, like, little money gifts, and then each one was dedicated to a specific thing. Mm-hmm. So she's like, here is for you, and then here's a little one because I want you and your husband to have a date night, mm-hmm. and then here's, like, you know, for anything anything you want to do with it or whatever. I don't even remember exactly how she split it up, but she, like... She had a dedicated amount that she wanted to give to each of her kids, and she divided it up and said, I want you to dedicate this much to a date night, 
this much to a personal gift and like Mm -hmm. this much for your savings account or whatever it was. I don't remember. But Mm -hmm. I love that idea is that like you can give someone money, but like dedicate it to something. It's like, Mm -hmm. I want you to pick out a pair of jeans that you would like or whatever it is, you know, that they need. Mm -hmm. I think that is perfectly acceptable. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, totally. And I think that on top of that, another thing that we need to destigmatize of the many things that we've mentioned um, is uh, to think of like giving people an experience Mm -hmm. instead. Yes. Um, For example, the Kellys for my birthday um, gave me, they donated to a park preserve that works with wildlife and nature preservation um, in the area and then also and a trip to that preserve to go on a hike there and to experience it and to to see the beautiful place that they have now sewn into like on, on my behalf like that's an amazing gift and like that's something that you can do for people instead of feeling like I think people feel like oh well if I don't get the gratification of seeing them open that thing that day then it was like a bad Christmas right. or a bad birthday and it's no actually like they're gonna be so excited to be able to spend that time with you their their friend their family member their loved one like and and have that experience it's going to be way more valuable than some random gift that you got them that wasn't actually something that they needed or wanted Mm -hmm. yeah yeah or even a practical gift like james needs a new coat for christmas he is getting a new coat and a pair of rain boots because the man doesn't own rain boots and i know he'll have that coat and rain pair of rain boots for like the next 10 years like he's gonna use it over and over and over again and i think people are like extra like extravagant is not practical and actually i think you can have both yeah i mean i so often ask for things that i genuinely just like need like Mm -hmm. I asked my family for a new hard drive as one of my Christmas gifts this year because I'm running out of space on my hard drive because we record hour-long podcasts and it's (laughs) filling up all my memory and so like I need a new hard drive that'd be amazing they're like $90 I don't want to pay for one you guys can get me one for Christmas exactly so yeah I think that that's another thing like there's so many There's so many stigmas, so many expectations, so many sort of like qualifiers that we have for what makes a Christmas gift. Mm -hmm. And we just need to work on breaking those down and breaking that stigma. And I think there's been slow steps towards it that I've seen, especially in the like sort of environmentalist niches that I follow of people talking about normalizing secondhand gifts or handmade gifts or even just purchasing things locally. Mm -hmm. Um, Think about like, Think about your Christmas dinner. Like, can you get the Christmas ham from a local farmer or from a producer that's nearby? Can you get those vegetables from the farmer's market? Like, can you take steps to make that more environmentally friendly? And if your family is one of those families that freaking uses paper plates every Christmas, don't tell them to stop. (laughs) At the very, very, very minimum, buy recycled paper plates (laughs) those are purchasable but really like find ways to figure out washing all of those dishes find ways to make that a family event that you are all together washing the dishes that you're in an assembly line like put on some christmas music and you'll get through the mess even though it seems like it's inconquerable Mm -hmm. um there's so many little things that you could switch up in your christmas routine don't go on december 26th to the big box stores and buy all of the Christmas decorations that are on sale because it's a deal. And then you're going to throw out all of your old Christmas decorations and replace them with these new ones. Like that's, that's just more of that cycle mindset of things are just going, going bad. And like, that's something people literally line up outside of stores to do. Mm -hmm. It's to just buy more decorations. You can reuse your decorations. Yes. Mm -hmm. It's amazing. Reuse Mm -hmm. your decorations, reuse your, fake Christmas tree, buy a fake Christmas tree secondhand, go chop down your own Christmas tree with the National Park Service, find one from a local farm where like those trees are actually um, contributing to oxygen levels in the earth because they are, they're growing them and um, then you can then use them and then put them into your city's compost. Don't just throw them away. I'm Feed them sure. to the goats at your local farm. Exactly. <laughs> That's uh, <laughs> um, Yeah, there's so many little things that you can do to just tweak your holiday experience. Yeah. Um, 
And I think that there's so much, I think about with the decorations thing, like almost all of the Christmas decorations I own are just ones that my mom didn't want anymore. Mm -hmm. And I think they're so special because they're ones that I actually grew up with. Like they're ones that I saw in my house when I was little. And then she was like, oh, I have these extra ones here and passing them down on your family. Um, There's so many different steps you could take that are actually really special in terms Mm -hmm. of your Christmas experience. And all of that being said... We just want to dispel shame and guilt. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, like, over, like, don't be overwhelmed by the amount of things that you could be doing. Because mm-hmm. we all are living our lives. We all got shit to do. Like, we all are busy, busy women beings yes. trying to, like, you know, make it in this life. So when it comes to, like, the stress levels rising as you listen to this podcast about, like, oh, my gosh, so much, many pounds of stuff are going to the landfill. I mean, like, channel that. Yeah. But um, I, I'm a firm believer in, like, small conscious steps towards a more sustainable life. So we're not asking, like, you know, do everything now. Like, get rid of all plastic and mm-hmm. go vegan and never, you know, I don't know, never throw anything away ever again. Like, we're not saying that. But we are saying that, like, if everybody was taking small steps towards a more sustainable future, mm-hmm. it would actually make a huge impact on our environment. Absolutely. Huge. Absolutely. Be kind to yourself. You got to live your life, you know, but also it's it's like a, a health journey. Like you're not going to stop all sugar, cold turkey. Right. Like very few people that do that are actually successful. Like you have to take small steps. Like maybe it's like, okay – Instead of, you know, throwing away my old towels that are ratty, I'm going to cut them up and use them as rags. And maybe we can try going a month without paper towels, feel it out, see how it goes. If we absolutely hate our lives, we can go back. But maybe we try to use our paper towels and our, um, you know, our rags 50-50. So it's still less uh, paper products that we're utilizing. And just throwing away. And just throwing away. Like, you, your life doesn't have to suck, <laughs> is well, what yeah. I want yeah, to, yeah, like, yeah. people to know. Like, you can be sustainable and work towards things. Right. And that actually doesn't mean you're a terrible person because totally. you're in process. Totally. Um, now, you doing nothing and being educated, that's, that's a little different. But, like, it, there's a dance, yeah. you know? Well, even, like, Emma had mentioned, like, Chipotle napkins. They always give you way more than you need. Yeah. Don't throw them away. Save those. Suckers. Save them. Never buy napkins again. Literally. <laughs> like, yeah. the past two years since I've been here, I have not purchased. Well, that's not true. I did purchase one set of really cute Thanksgiving napkins last year. But I digress. Since then, I have not purchased one napkin. Not one. Because yeah. I've had plenty. And mm-hmm. Chipotle napkins are great. And I think they're made out of recycled paper anyways. And so you might as well use them. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised. Chipotle is fairly sustainable. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, like there's this thing that's called eco-anxiety, which is mm-hmm. the, the anxiety that builds on people as they learn more and more of the impact. It's really bad. It's really bad out there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that um, we've lived sort of in our our perfect, you know, mm-hmm. westernized bubble for a long time. And I think that bubble's been slowly popping and closing in on us a bit over the, the past decade or so. Um, but uh, I think that if, if you feel guilt, we can take that guilt and that shame and we can uh, use it instead to uh, motivate us and to, to take those small steps. And, and I also want to remind you, like, that there's actually uh, no time that's uh, – a bad time to start mm-hmm. making those lifestyle changes. I think that, for example, like when I first went vegan, I started very slowly sort of integrating different things. And I realized like, oh, almond milk isn't disgusting. And like, oh, I can order the same bowl that I would get at Chipotle, but just without cheese. And it's actually good. And like realizing little things where I'm like, oh, this is how I can implement this into my life and integrate this. Um, and one thing that's actually like sort of a weird comfort to me is remembering that the way that we live, the way that we consume products right now is very new. Mm. This has only been the case for the past hundred years or so with the invention of things like plastics and all of these disposable goods. People lived much more sustainably several hundred years ago because that was the only way to live. Mm -hmm. They only had 
rags to clean up their things. They only had a certain amount of clothing. They could only go to the local market and get things that they needed. They couldn't go online shopping and get anything in the entire world. And so like in my mind I'm like if those people were okay Mm -hmm. I'm okay Mm -hmm, like being able to do those things and make those like quote-unquote sacrifices that are actually things that people have lived without for right millennia Mm -hmm. and I think oftentimes at least for me in my life because I grew up not very financially advantaged Mm -hmm. I think for me sustainability always felt like it was an expensive thing like oh like I can't afford expensive jeans or whatever but there are actually a lot of environmental practices that will actually save you a lot of money and time. For example, I bought cleaning concentrate at the store. It was like $6.99 or something, $7.99. And then I had a, a spray bottle that I can use and reuse again. So it takes like a teaspoon of this concentrate to go in this bottle and creates the cleaning solution that I need. And in doing that... I have saved, like, by the time I get through this bottle, I will have saved, like, 400 bottles of, like, spray bottles, of individual spray bottles that cost $3.99 a piece. So that's, like, mm-hmm. $800 to $1,000 worth of cleaning supplies that I've literally, like, I've spent $12 on. Mm-hmm. And so there are actually a lot of sustainable practices when you do reduce and make smart decisions about where you're, you know, whatever is coming from that will actually save you a lot of money long term because you're actually conserving the money it takes to spend on the things that are not sustainable totally I think that's an interesting point as well with like also growing up uh poor um and now being on my own and making my own money it's like oh I can buy what I want and like for me that was a huge thing of like I am empowered to buy what I want for like the first time in my life. Mm -hmm. And that was amazing. And so for a year, maybe I just bought whatever I wanted. But then I was also like, oh, you like when you have that purchasing power, that also comes with responsibility. Mm -hmm. And so now I thrift all the time. And when I was younger, like that is not the cool thing. You can't find cool thrift clothes. But I would encourage you to just broaden your horizons because I found a freaking Dolce & Gabbana jacket <laughs> at Goodwill for twelve ninety nine, um, And, you know, things like that. Or, like, you know, I really love books. Like, books are my favorite. And I – that's not something I'm willing to give up. But I know that's something I'm going to be keeping and – for the rest of my life like I've never given away any books ever because that's not my style but I now buy them secondhand or I buy them from a local uh, used bookstore or you know however I can not be creating that one more unit of mm-hmm. print to order um, on the planet but also like enjoy enjoy the things you enjoy just do it mindfully yeah and like yeah. I mean, there's never going to be a perfect, like, humans are going to continue to generate waste and we're Mm going to continue to have to, like, process it. Yes. But every little step is a benefit. So it's like we're not trying to be perfect here, Mm -hmm. but we are saying, like, there's actually, like, pretty easy things that you can do that will make a big difference. Mm -hmm. And then the more you grow in that, the more it'll just be, like, second nature. Mm -hmm. So Yeah. I mean, I think that we... We so often just do the thing that we're used to doing or the thing that our parents did or whatever is like, oh, this is just what we always do. And so you don't consider like, oh, what if I just bought cleaning concentrate instead or 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 what if I uh, just went and to the thrift store to see if they had the thing that I'm looking for? Like we just need to have that slight shift in our mindset and then like as we become more and more of a of a conscious consumer, you'll find it easier and easier to uh to think of those things and Mm -hmm. to realize like, oh wait, how can I do this thing sustainably? Or how can I do this? Like I didn't even think about doing this sustainably, but now I'm like, wait, how, what? I realized this is actually really wasteful. So I think that that's um, definitely, it's part of the process. Mm -hmm. Um, But also as we're sort of closing it all out, I do want to touch on, there is this um, personal responsibility that we have, um, but uh, the biggest contributors to waste to 
um, environmental damage are actually really big corporations and government bodies. And so what we can do to impact that is actually um, not just voting with our dollar, but voting with our vote, vote. <laughs> <laughs> our ballots. Yes. And not um, just in elections, like in when we are deciding who our candidates are going to be. Like two years before the election, you have to be involved in go- local. Yes, mm-hmm. local government is very important because local government officials are the people that become state government officials who are the people that become national government officials. Mm-hmm. And so there's... There's this whole trickle through of that, and that can also feel really overwhelming, and I just want to touch on it because um, the responsibility is not all on you, um, but we can take those small steps that show corporations and companies that this is actually something that we as Mm -hmm. consumers care about. Mm -hmm. Well, and so both your vote, and then even the more people start to make decisions that are sustainably focused, the more corporations are going to actually be forced to change their business approach in order to mm-hmm. meet the demands. Like, we determine the demand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so that is kind of like, it's it's all, it's like, which came first, the chicken or the egg? It's all, like, intermingled. You got to yes. hit it everywhere, yeah. pretty much. I think that sometimes the consumer feels powerless. They're like, well, this is just what they've given me. These yeah. are the options I have. Mm-hmm. But they are actually solely dependent on us. Yep. So we have that power to to force them to change. Mm-hmm. Um. Anyways, <laughs> that was a good I'm one, guys. Really <laughs> uplifted right now. I'm sure you are as well. Um, Christmas cheer and joy. I hope that this is not totally um, sort of gloom and doom to you guys because we really want to offer practical solutions to you. Yeah. And yeah. this can be something that's motivating and exciting to be like, you get to try things yeah. and get to start your environmental journey or continue it or learn more about it. And, um, how to how to be a consumer that is still thinking about the earth, you know, still be thinking about the individual people that are impacted by your purchases and their their lives and their souls and their hearts and um, yeah. So all of that to say, <laughs> start small, yeah, and be smart. Yes, um, and we wish you a merry Christmas, merry, merry Christmas. Christmas, and a happy new year. Catch you next week. Oh, also, wait, don't catch you. Hold on, hold on. Hold the phone. Be sure to follow us. (laughs) (laughs) Please follow us. Um, As as your Christmas gift to us, give us a follow at Woman Being Podcast on Instagram. You can go to our website, check it out, womanbeingcommunity.com. And the icing, the best Christmas gift that we could receive this year. Sustainable, too. It's sustainable, is to receive a rating and a review from you on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcasts, YouTube even. Give us a comment. Give us a like. Give us a subscribe because not many of you are on YouTube. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty please. Well, that's the thing too is like if you love the content that we're uh, pouring out or if you think there's people in your life that would love, literally just like commenting when we post, putting a little emoji up there saying like, yes, you know, really simple stuff that actually really boosts our Mm -hmm. algorithm and it helps us grow as a podcast and small business so um, any of your support in that way likes comments reviews especially uh, those make all the difference so yeah if you have someone that's our christmas list yeah if you have someone in your family who uses disposable plates share this podcast episode (laughs) and we aunt sally you need to listen to this (laughs) and then offer aunt sally to help her wash the dishes exactly give her her a hand give her the greatest gift Mm -hmm. gift an act of service all right we're gonna wrap this up just like a christmas (laughs) gift a little bow on it without tape exactly without tape because tape is just plastic going into a landfill merry christmas guys (laughs) 